bring up something that um, Jonathan um, last put in the uh, bulwark today, and it was about how, and Ruth, we've all been on the on the receiving end of the, of the Bernie online brigade, and here's what he says. He says, no other candidate has anything like this sort of digital brown shirt brigade, I mean, except for Donald Trump. The question no one is asking is this. What if you can't win the presidency without an online mob? Chuck Todd on NBC coverage last night. Sleeping son of a bee. Talking about Bernie Sanders' digital brown shirt brigade that comes after him and everybody else in the media. Uh, Anytime you say anything that they uh, feel is uh, anti-Bernie. And he said that Trump's got the same thing. So uh, there have been a number of knocks that that Bernie's crowd plays hardball, which... uh, I don't know. Welcome to politics, I guess. It's a lot like a boxer uh, shrieking in the middle of a bout. He hit me. He hit me. <laughs> but I was. <laughs> Did you see that, Ruffy? You punched me right in the face. <laughs> said, Ow! Ow! But I'm going to wrap this chain around your head. Right, exactly. Oh, my. They play hardball. Dude. That's, that's terrible. I was wondering when they're all going to change their tune. Because I was watching ABC last night for a little of the coverage, and there was this guy on there. I don't even know his name, and I probably wouldn't say it anyway, because he might be a nice guy, and he might be friends of people we like or something. But this slime ball, he's one of your he's one of your top Republican like strategist do, money dudes. Mm-hmm. He's like he is one of the um um uh, establishment in the Republican Party. And big, I, big snarling swamp creature, no doubt. And I remember him saying when Trump was well into winning states, when he was saying, "Let me tell you one thing: Donald Trump is not going to get the nomination in the Republican Party." Mm. With that, me and my friends control this sort of attitude. Maybe you did. And then, as soon as it crossed some line, he was all about. Uh, Donald Trump and why he can win, and here's what's wrong with Hillary Clinton. I mean, he switched sides as soon as he realized which way the wind was blowing and that right. he better get on board or he's going to get trampled. Yeah. And I and I thought last night with Chuck Todd and various other people about Bernie's brown shirt brigade, at what point do I see the same thing out of them? When Bernie crosses some sort of line where they say, uh-oh, I think he's going to be the nominee. No, the, the trouble is Trump, and without Bernie, we have no chance in America. of they'll, they'll change their tune also. Yeah. They'll get run over if Bernie gets enough have, head of steam. You go from opposing him to desperately trying to control him, which is definitely a, a possible scenario. I, I think it's still incredibly unlikely Bernie wins the White House, but it was unlikely that the guy from The Apprentice you know, did it, and he did it. You know, I want to tip my cap to this note from Roberto. Who says, I'm an Iraq war vet and a very stable genius who's donated, I appreciate, number one, anybody with a sense of humor goes up uh, several notches in my estimation. But anyway, I'm an Iraq war vet and very stable genius who's donated $200 to Bernie. Glad to do it. No more wars. Go fight your own wars, rich folk. Mm. You know, to be pro-soldier is to be anti-stupid military action, in my mind. And or anti-continuing them on past all explanation. Uh, so I appreciate that thought, Roberto. And, and Trump got a lot of that vote when he was running. I don't, I don't know how people feel about it at this point, because we've continued a lot of stuff. Yeah, the, the word is we're close to a deal with the Taliban. I don't know. It's just... That's that's so there there is nothing you know it's like a, a algebra equation with all variables in Afghanistan it's hard to count on anything so who knows what the situation is there but look that aspect of Bernie's thing somewhat Trumpian which explains why a lot of voters who went over to Trump from the Democratic Party or whatever 
are a little wobbly and a little enamored with Bernie. There are definitely going to be people who voted for Obama, for Trump, and then for Bernie, if Bernie's the nominee. That is correct. That's interesting. That's it an is. interesting catch right there. Yeah. This, um, from the Washington Examiner, these, these stories do not get much attention. If they were low numbers, they'd be everywhere. But these Gallup polls that keep coming out that are just nothing but great news, not good news, great news for Donald Trump. When you get 90% of people satisfied with their lives, two-thirds very satisfied. The poll number we had from Gallup yesterday was 75% of people think they'll be better off next year than they are this year. I mean, that, that, and that's a historic number. They've never had a number that high in Gallup poll. Well, another day, another positive Gallup headline for positive, uh, for President Trump that the Washington Examiner's doing, but nobody else is reporting on uh, today's delivered more economic good news for Trump that Americans feel better off than they did when the past four presidents were up for re-election, re-election at this point. When Obama, when um, uh, Bush, when Clinton were three years in and up for re-election, what were their um, uh, numbers? People that felt, because that's a common question you're running against somebody. You say, are you better off than you were three years ago or four years ago, depending on how close to the election day you are. And uh, people have won on that. And people say, no, I'm worse off than I was four years ago. I'm right in Clinton. Right. Um, for Trump, right now, the number out, 61% feel better off than they did three years ago. <laughs> Obama got reelected with that number at 45, Bush at 50, Clinton at 50, and uh, Bush the first was at 50, and he, and he lost. Okay, so it's not ironclad. But uh, Trump's at 61% feel better off than three years ago. I mean, double digits larger number than any of those other presidents. Are there Democratic strategists out there saying, look, we're all hammering this. The economy isn't working for everybody. Most people are really miserable in the face of just overwhelming obvious uh, evidence, rather, to the contrary. Are there any Democratic strategists who are saying, "Here, look, let's make this our message. The economy's humming. We're not going to change anything on that, but Trump's crazy. So we've got somebody who's not crazy. We're going to keep everything the same for the economy, but you got to get rid of Trump because he's nuts. That would be an interesting idea. Don't you think idea. that would be a good strategy? I actually do think that would be and a listen, good strategy. And listen, I'm not advocating that yeah, strategy. Yeah, we agree. For... The economy's good. We like all this stuff. We're going to do the same thing yeah. with a non-crazy person. Right. <laughs> that, that, what an interesting idea. Yeah, I don't, because the, the conventional wisdom is you got to hammer it how miserable people are. Well, at some point, I mean, you're, you are literally pulling people who are laughing with delight off the Matterhorn at Disneyland and telling them they're miserable. Or you're no, telling, I'm not. I'm happy as can be. Or you're telling people on a sunny day, are you tired of this rain? Yeah. No, it's a sunny, warm day. What are you talking this about? This rain is brutal, isn't it? Yeah. 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 I don't know. We'll, we'll see. see. Yeah, we'll let so, the pros figure it out. Your, your birthday is yesterday. You share a birthday with Jennifer Aniston. I do. I'm looking at this photo shoot they've got on Good Morning America, Jennifer Aniston... That's more inner thigh than I'm willing to show. Still sexy at 51. So she's doing a, I'm, I'm 51, but look how hot I still am with all these photos. You should have done the same sort of thing. Uh, you could have wore that outfit with the knee-high boots. Then uh, show up in a little lacy the, bra. The leather pants. Yeah. You could have pulled that a- action off. I don't off. believe she's wearing any pants at all. And then that one laid back in a chair in the leather pants. you got to do that. Live, living your best life. Joe, it's instead of Jennifer Aniston living her best life on her birthday to have been Joe Getty. Huh? Look how skinny she is because she's never had kids, right, ladies? Huh? Yeah, well, that's part of it. That helps. And, and, and frankly, if, if you, our beloved female audience, would prefer to be uh, judged 
appraised on your intellect and your soul and your character, I would be fine with that. Um, again, you know, if you prefer to show your inner thighs to show how cool you are at 51, well, go ahead. I'd, I like, to, I'd like to just do it as an experiment. With modern photoshopping, the best hair and makeup people and a great photographer, what they could make me look like, just to make a point. Oh, yeah. I mean, she does look great, and she's a very attractive person. But no you, doubt. You get the greatest photographers, makeup and hair people, and a little photoshopping, and yeah, you'll look really damn good, too. It's one of my favorite trends of recent years is the before and after Photoshop pictures that people leak or put out intentionally, including some models who think the whole thing's gone beyond. I, I love that. I, I want that to be, you know, a curriculum in our elementary and middle schools, especially for girls. Hey, that woman on a magazine, she not only do you not look like that, she doesn't look like that. Nobody looks like that. Speaking of Jennifer Aniston, HBO announced there will be a Friends reunion. Here's the kind of catch on the whole thing is the, the Friends stars have been asked to do a reunion, of course, by NBC every day since the show went off the air. And they've all said no. Right. Because they various... No, it was good. We liked it. These are stupid. I remember as a kid watching Gilligan's Island reunions or Brady Bunch reunions. They were always terrible. Terrible. So they've they've all refused to do it. HBO had offered them a million. Gilligan wasn't getting a million dollars per episode either. Right. So yeah. HBO had offered, uh, they'd been offered by various people a million dollars, then a million and a half dollars. And I think HBO's current number that they actually agreed to, two and a half million dollars each. But they're not going to do an episode. There's not going to be any... You know, they open the door, and now they're in their 50s, and they walk in, and everybody cheers. Oh, my God, it's just like the old days. They're going to do some interviews about behind the scenes with clips from the show. That's all they agreed to, which will take them, like, an hour of their day, (laughs) probably sometime. I'd do it for half that. And you probably have to come to their house to do it, and they each get $2.5 million. Wow. And it will be available on the streaming service, so you have to sign up for that, because this is just another uh, mortar shot in the streaming wars. Yeah. If you want want to give me $2.5 million for me to sit on my couch and say, yeah, the Chandler character was kind of funny, I guess. (laughs) <laughs> Remember when you got skinny and then got big and then got skinny again? That was because I was addicted to pills. Remember how Race and Ross and Rachel liked each other, but they tried to hide it? Yeah, that was a, that was a good Joey, one. your character is stupid. <laughs> All right, no, the camera's over here, Joey. <laughs> Matt LeBlanc, you played an idiot. How do you feel about that? If I was now, one of them, I wouldn't even look at the person interviewing me. I'd just go about my housework. Yeah, kinda, just, yeah I suppose. Not even sit down <laughs> scrolling Twitter. Yeah, exactly. Talking to a, talking to a friend on the phone. What? No, yeah, this... yeah, it was fun working with them mostly. We're human, but sometimes we argue. Give me a second. No, 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 no. I'm busy tomorrow night. Just not give it the least bit of effort. Hilarious. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So, the headline, knowing that there are people tuning in all the time that haven't heard any of the show yet. Yep. Bernie won New Hampshire. Pete, Mayor Pete, right behind him. A.B. Klobuchar, a strong third. Then you drop way off to also rands like Elizabeth Warren and Joe Biden. Nine percent each. Add them together. To, apologize for that. You <laughs> add them together. They were the front runners a month ago. They were the center of the stage in the debates. 
They were the people to beat. You add them together, they don't have Amy Klobuchar last night. So. Well, as I pointed out, Elizabeth Warren finished fifth in Pocahontas, Iowa, which was a terrible sign for her. <laughs> I mean, if that wasn't an omen, what is? We don't have a go-to Elizabeth Warren clip. How can that be? What's the matter? We what, had. I think. What's I'll get the my, matter with you people? We had to get myself a beer. We used that yeah. for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it doesn't matter much anymore. I'm sure she's out. When does she drop out? Well, we weren't going to talk about this then. Now, but hmm. Huh? Joe Biden, probably out. Wait for South Carolina. We'll see. You don't run out of heart. You run out of money. Probably out. But if you're him, <laughs> you might run out of time. <laughs> Bernie might run out of heart. Who's to say he doesn't have another uh, you know, infarction? Well, I guess they, they clean you out pretty much. His numbers went up. After his heart attack? He has three more. He's president. <laughs> three more heart attacks and he's president. Maybe the data says this is this is <laughs> undeniable. The people are tired of heart attacks. I'm going to have a, a, a connection. <laughs> I'm going. I'm going to have a uh, an aneurysm. Now I hope not. Seems like a fine old fella. Other than trying to drag America into the nightmares of communism. Speaking of which. <laughs> I read and considered highlighting and bringing to you this essay by a leading Chinese uh, professor and dissident. It's brilliant and eloquent. It is also wordy as all get out. But I read it and digested it. And this guy is under, you know, three different kinds of house arrest and is not being permitted to teach and write anymore. But he's managing to smuggle stuff out. And I'm sure he'll be in a concentration camp soon. But he's a very high profile guy in China, and he is just scathing in his criticisms of the Chinese government's response to the coronavirus. And the long and short of his his point is that, and and this may you know sound kind of familiar to some of you, is there is no energy that compels officials to respond to the needs of the people. All of the energy in the system is to respond to the desires of the bureaucrat above you. That power is flowing in exactly the opposite way it should. And that, and, and he goes through example after example and, and illustration after illustration of the people on the ground um, in, in these towns only need to please the party official, you know, they're in their precinct. And they're most concerned about the bigger party official above them. And the idea of we need to do this for the people is completely vanished from Chinese society. And he, he traces it straight up to, and he has this insulting nickname for Xi. I can't remember what it is, but um, that the entire system is built on that. And it's morally bankrupt and horribly ineffective. And it's it's pretty powerful stuff. And I can tell why the communists are pretty pissed off at the guy, but... And listen, I'm not going to get. She's a communist. I don't know. I don't know either. It, it's hard to know because it, maybe you are an ideological communist. Maybe you just rose up in the system you grew up in, and you realize, wow, this is incredibly imperfect. Maybe even it's terrible. But if we tear this down, we'll have chaos for generations. Like violence and and war and revolution and and I'll be the first up against the wall. So uh, I guess we perpetuate perpetuate this and try to reform it a little bit if we can. You know there are plenty of people who found themselves in that situation. Gorbachev was like that actually in the Soviet Union. He knew how bad it was. He just had enough of a conscience and enough of an ally in Reagan that he thought, well, maybe we can like do something substantial here. Um, and the fact that he didn't end up against the wall was was practically miraculous, but. You know, I could make the point about, you know, the march towards socialism in the United States and just 
The more socialism you have, the more the government has the power to confiscate, redistribute, run the economy, etc., the more power it needs, the more control it needs, and it's never, ever done right. And the great, I was thinking about this, listening to the results this morning, the, the eternal argument about socialism and socialist disasters, which is practically all of them, is that it wasn't the horse, it was the horseman. Socialism works. We just had a bad horseman. A horseman? Hugh, no, not like half part man, horse, half horse. Part, which half? No, no, it's like a guy riding a horse. He gets ahead of the horse and the body of the man? It's like, well... <laughs> would that it were, would that it were. I, Bojack, I think, I think you're better off with the horse body and the upper body of the man, the centaur yeah. of old. Yeah. Um, is that a centaur? It doesn't matter. It's a fictional beast. It's, uh, you know, they have them in the Harry Potter movie. Unicorn. Yeah, yeah. I think that is, yeah, anyway. Um, but, uh, yeah, if we can just get the right jockey on the horse of socialism, it'll go great. But it's it's not the jockey. It's the damned horse. The head of a horse on the body of a man is really the worst of both worlds. You've got a dumb beast on a fairly weak, small body. This ginormous head. <laughs> right. There's really right. no advantage. And you can't hardly run 12 miles per hour. No, right. Yeah, yeah, that's a bad no way to upside. be. If you are, you know, I minimum, an, minimum upside. <laughs> Chicks feed you apples? I don't know. I guess, yeah. You like apples? Sugar cubes? A feed bag? I wish as a human I could have a feed bag. That seems handy. I don't love the idea of somebody petting my nose, but horses seem to like it. <laughs> Lovely mane. You know, I was making a really important point there. About communism. And, and frankly, you've undermined me, and I resent it. They had a hundred. If I was half horse, I'd kick you right now. <laughs> they announced 136 deaths just yesterday from coronavirus in China. Who knows what the number really was? Oh, my gosh. I wonder. Now, you know what would be funny? I don't know if they can do this, uh, uh, just an idea off the top of my head. Why did he put the blood on, put on one of those Sherlock Holmes hats, and put a little pipe in his mouth? Are they ever allowed to do anything like that, dress up a dog in a funny way? No, that's uh, it's not quite what the uh, purpose of these shows is. But it would, I think it would really get the crowd going. That's you know, not an actual Sherlock clip Holmes from hat. the Westminster Dog Show. That's a clip from the movie Bestin Show. We need a clip from the actual Westminster Dog Show, which had its finals last night. Is it the boxer, the golden retriever, the poodle? Who will it be? And to have the privilege of making this decision, the best in the show goes to the standard poodle. Yes! Yes! Seba takes it all! The standard poodle? Four-year-old Seba, your 2020 best in show. Look at that. Look at that. It's wonderful. What a poodle. Poodle-looking thing. You're being a crazy sex poodle. Right. They're happier about that than I've ever been as happy about anything in my life. Love, children, anything. They're happier about which dog got named champion. Why is that? Give it me, says more about me than them, I suppose. Give me that clip of Robert Smith of The Cure, please. Do we have that around somewhere oh, yeah, 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 on that exactly. theme? Uh, yeah, so this, you know, look, the standard poodle, it's a fine dog. It's a big old dog. I'm kind of a big dog guy, although I'm not prejudiced. But if you got it all shaved frou-frou with the little balls on its legs and it's all big in front and got a tiny shaved and they just, what, what are you doing? Congratulations, Akira Rock and Roll Hall of Fame inductees 2019. Are you as excited as I am? Um, by the sounds of it, no. 
That's the way I would be with the winning the Westminster Dog Show. You are you as excited as me? No, doesn't seem like it. All right, listen. There's the, there's the highlights up there on Good uh, Good Morning America. Look at that. Yeah, look at the way they got that dog shaved. Look at its tail. That's are ridiculous. Are you kidding me? Nah. I'm angry. You know when America would rise up as one and be and really enjoy that show is if you had some sort of mutt, regular-looking family dog thing. Yeah. Just running around out there and win. I ought to put Baxter out there. He's mixed race. Does that make him less, according to the Westminster Dog Show? Somebody of mm. mixed race is not allowed to, to compete? That's pretty sickening. Uh, a couple of notes uh, didn't get to on the coronavirus because we got into that ridiculous half-man, half-horse discussion. <laughs> but the head of the World Health Organization says this is a global emergency, I think is the term he used. And I was just doing a little uh, basic mathematics and it looks like about one in 44 people who gets it dies of it. Now, the numbers are, are difficult to get hold of and, and be accurate. But assuming the numbers that we do have are something close to accurate, I mean, that's 2%. And does that include healthy people, like perfectly healthy people? That I do not Because usually the flu wipes out the elderly and babies, which is horrific, but... Once in a while, a string comes along that really hits people who are healthy. Now, the one in 1918 that killed 50-some million people, (laughs) half of those people were prime-of-life healthy people that died from that. That's how bad that flu was. Just so you know, the the regular flu death rate is a a tiny fraction of 1%. This appears to be 2%. Um, so don't know, get it is your recommendation. You know, don't freak out, but it's probably worth story uh, following the story. And it is a measure to me of our obsession with politics and the stupidity of our media um, that this story is getting no air. American and Taliban negotiators are meeting in Doha Wednesday, uh, following uh, that's in what your UAE or your it's one of your Gulf states, Doha Qatar. Qatar. Um, following a conditional decision from President Trump to sign a peace deal with the militants. It appears we're on the verge of an agreement with the Taliban, which might get our fellas out of there and, and stop the bleeding. And, and the enormous waste of money. Trump has endorsed the deal and, it, and said it must be signed, said an Afghan official. Um, explaining that when Secretary of State Mike Pompeo called Afghan leaders Tuesday, he said the peace talks deadlock had been broken. Um, they've been negotiating for months and months and months, and they've been demanding a reduction in violence from the Taliban before we could resume formal talks. Taliban negotiators presented a violence reduction proposal in January that would have ceased attacks in cities and highways. Um, some of the details are vague, but and well, listen, we'll just have to see what unfolds. I hope this puts a lie to the idea that no president wants to be the president that lost the war or pulled out or whatever. Nobody's going to pay any attention. Nobody's even going to notice. <sighs> and so at least we don't spend all that money and have people dying on a regular basis. Well, Nobody's uh, even going to notice we're not there anymore. You make a really good point. On the other hand, I hope the president isn't just string it out for like 19, 20 years, and then you can get out of it. But it would appear there's a chance. We'll leave it there and see what happens. Yeah, the latest total, by the way, on number of soldiers with brain injuries from when Iran attacked one of our military bases. Remember that story? We yeah. kill we kill old Salamander. They retaliate. Give us the heads up. Hey, get your people out of there. We're going to send some bombs your way. Well, mm-hmm. we must not have got everybody out of there. We or now not have far enough away. We now have a hundred people with traumatic brain injury. Yeah. Yeah, it's about um, the shockwave from the explosives. That's something. And then this story that 
should it be getting more attention? Well, it probably should be. It certainly would be if the politics were reversed, and that drives me crazy. I'll just read straight from the dispatch, the website, the dispatch. In a story that would surely be getting more attention were the party roles reversed, the Floridian who drove his car into a parking lot, parking lot tent of Republicans who are registering voters, told investigators he did so. He drove his car into a tent full of people that were registering as Republicans. And he told reporters someone had to take a stand against Trump. He's been charged with aggravated assault. So this guy did exactly what the lunatic did in Charleston that killed that poor young woman at the, the, the rally, the white supremacist thing, and the counter rally and the rest of it. He did the same thing. Just by the grace of God, nobody died. But instead of being the national conversation for weeks and weeks and weeks, there's no conversation at all. Well, and tell me, even without a death, if, if a Trump, if a MAGA hat-wearing guy had driven his truck into a bunch of Bernie voters... You're going to tell me that wouldn't have been the focus of the debate Friday night and on everybody's lips during the voting last night? There would be marches and demonstrations. Come and, yeah. on, let's have some consistency, people. <sighs> and then I'm kind of interested in this topic. This is the, They're talking about doing this in California, but maybe it should catch on around the country. I don't know where, how I feel about this. Gavin, Gavin Newsom. <laughs> Take two. Get your word straight, Jack. Quiet, everybody. I've and Mark. I've overdone the coffee. I've got a heart rate of about 205. Whew, like a hummingbird over here. My blood pressure is 412 ah! over 310. Yeah, That's your fault, bro. And I'm having trouble. Was that Gary Dietrich? Yes, it was. Let's hear that again. That's your fault, bro. That's your fault, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Well, Gary's a hipster. Everybody knows Gary Dietrich's a hipster. Yeah. With his tweed and his dungarees. And his um, hip haircut. That's your fault, bro. But I've had so much caffeine, I can't slow down. Governor Gavin Newsom of California is proposing to reduce fines for traffic citations for low-income Californians. And it's an idea that has divided uh, various groups. I'm intrigued by this Whether they like it or not. Yeah. Yeah, this is not an easy one for me. No, it's not. According I... to a new study, high fines currently lead drivers to simply not pay them. In many cases, if you can't afford it, you just don't pay it. Which means the state gets less money. I don't suppose you're ever really penalized. That I don't give a crap no, about. I don't either. The kleptocracy that is the government of California. But getting into Make the you, uh, f- you know thousands of dollars for some sort of inspection that never happens. All it is is initialing a form, as we were discussing yesterday. One San Diego area politician said, well, tickets are supposed to hit you in the wallet as a penalty, but it should be proportionate to your income. $100 to me is not the same as $100 it is to someone who makes lots and lots of money. And that's obviously true. You are not affecting my behavior with a $50 ticket. For instance, when I was 17 or 22, you did affect my behavior with a $50 ticket. Yeah. I, we can't afford a $50 ticket. Yeah. Um, so if that's the point, that's the point, right? Isn't that the whole point? The point should Deterrence and punishment. It's yeah. interesting that Gavin Newsom brings up revenue. The point is not supposed to be revenue. Oh revenue is not supposed, supposed to have anything to do with it. We're getting enough revenue. If the point well, is... Well, that has everything to do with it. If the point is to deter people from doing something they shouldn't do, then, yeah, it's almost got to be uh, proportional to your salary, doesn't it? Yeah, I think so. Net worth or something. It's funny. uh, Equal uh, treatment under the law is one of our sacred principles. What does that mean exactly? I don't know how you'd make this work in reality. Yeah, I don't know. I just I know my my daughter who's who's just poor, um, got hit with a 
bull-ass rolling a right turn fine. Might yeah. have even been a camera, one of those camera things. I mean, you slow to one mile per hour. There's nobody anywhere. You're great. You just you go. And, right. I'm and, always... And so she, she's now, like, got a third of her month's paycheck going to the state. I'm always respectful to cops just because it's a good idea. But I have wanted to say on that sort of thing before, you really feel like you made the world a safer place. Yeah. You really feel like you really got society nailed down nice and safe now that you caught me on that rolling right turn stop with no cars around. Don't I pay your salary, Jack would say in those scenarios. <laughs> yeah. No, I no, 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 no. You don't phrase it as a question, Sean. You phrase it as a statement. I pay your salary. Now, if I've done Cops something really wrong. appreciate that because they know you're, you're involved and in, in, you're fiscally aware. Yeah. If I've done something wrong, I got pulled over driving way too fast a while back, and uh, and uh, I was driving too fast. I should have been pulled over. I, That's I'm your a, fault, bro. I, I, exactly, Gary. <laughs> I was a danger to society. I got so, a nightstick in my car. I hit myself with it if I drive dangerously. <laughs> I got a ticket one time. I've told this story a hundred times. It is the duh. I got a ticket one time for not wearing a life vest on a raft in a lake. What? That was about yeah. And this is. Scott Lake in Scott County, Kansas, where there ain't no freaking people around anywhere. And this uh, park, what are you, a park ranger now? This park ranger shows up and gives me a ticket. I said, I didn't know you had to have a life vest on to float on a raft. And, this, and the water, by the way, is about 18 inches deep. Oh, I mean, you, you, you paddled yourself around by sticking your hands in the water and pushing yourself around. Apparently, there was a sign somewhere that says everybody has to wear a life vest. Oh, and they gave me, and I don't remember what it was now, but it was devastating. I think it was a $200 ticket. Oh. And at that time, I made $600 a month. Before taxes, so oh I took boy. home about $400 a month. Oh it was half of my monthly take-home. Oh I just plain couldn't afford it. I mean, it was devastating to me to get that ticket. Now I get it, I think, all right, Barney Fife, whatever. That's really <laughs> annoying, but it, it, it doesn't change my life at all. Right. Yeah. Hugely different amount of penalty. Yeah. yeah. That's also, and I hate to tell this part of the story because it, it, it embarrasses me. Although it's a life lesson. I decided to fight it in court. Everybody told me to fight it in court. Oh, oh. you got to fight that. you got to fight that. Fight it! I, being an idiot, went in with no preparation whatsoever or no plan or nothing good to say. Or <laughs> I think this sucks. That's basically oh, it. Oh, boy. The, the this sucks doctrine. I basically said that. And he looked at me like, you drove all the way here and showed up to the, okay, ticket stands. And you got to pay $150 for, you know, showing up here in the court and fighting oh, it. So no, be like no. no. That's your fault, bro. And if I could get a time machine, the one thing I might do is go back and I would argue that in a way I think that would have been fairly persuasive. Really? Yes. I'll sit in as the judge right now. Go ahead, I think if I had got into a a discussion about the letter of the law versus the spirit of the law and the fact that we had no idea, no intent to do anything harmful, the the spirit of the law is to protect people. But you're not. I didn't know the water's 18 inches deep. Nobody was being protected here. I'm an adult in this situation. And then I think also if I talked about the fact this is how much money I make. This is a, this is a, this is a cruel and unusual punishment for yeah. a minor crime to take over half of what I make a month mm. for something that was not actually dangerous in any way. Well, when we finish that time machine, I'll go meet Abe Lincoln. You go argue with that judge. And I think he might have reduced the fine. Yes, if I had made that argument instead right. of just saying this sucks. This ticket is a total joke, <laughs> Your Honor. I'm so embarrassed by that story. Oh, I'm embarrassed for how old I was, 19-year-old me. Just embarrassed. I just, and I was—I had to drive hours. I think oh, I even no. had to take a day off. Oh, no. Drive all the way back to that county, oh, no. wait in line, pay the $150, and just end up saying, I just don't think it's right. 
You should have hit yourself in the head with a nightstick. It would have been a better strategy. I think I had a ponytail and an earring at the time. Oh, oh that no. Didn't help. So That's your fault, bro. Criminal. That yeah. is your fault, that bro. That did not help my argument at all, either. Yeah, it's just sad. i got to remember that when my kids are that age. You can come out of that, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and become a productive member of society. More or less. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty. Democratic Party leaders are praying for somebody, anybody, to swoop in and save them from the socialist revolutionaries who going to kick them out of their jobs. Unfortunately, they're out of candidates at this point. Elizabeth Warren got a terrible case of woke brain virus and went completely insane. God knows where she is at this hour. Pete Buttigieg is a human TED talk. Please. Mike Bloomberg is trying to buy the race on a platform that doesn't have an actual constituency. Amy Klobuchar eats salad with a comb. Joe Biden can't remember what he's running for. It's pretty obvious that none of these people can beat Bernie Sanders in the end for the simple reason that Bernie Sanders may be scary, and he definitely is scary. But he knows exactly what he believes, and he's saying it out loud. And if recent history is any guide, candidates like that get the nomination in the end. I'll tell you what, if you like your snark coming (laughs) from the right, Tucker Carlson is your guy. That was a little dismissive of my gal Amy Kay. Oh, yeah. She's got clomentum. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard that that that's her She's term. making a clove charge. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a good one. Yeah, it is. I like I like hands of stupid. Like I said earlier, I got a soft spot for her. She's from my part of the world, and uh, she reminds me of my mom, and she seems like a nice, decent person. Yeah, she's a reasonable human being. And she was really good Friday night. If that Amy Klobuchar had started from the beginning, and I, and I also know exactly what she feels, having come from uh, rural Midwest. She had a little bit of intimidation going with the people that are she's seen on TV all the time from mm-hmm. the big cities and stuff like that. Then you realize after a little bit, I'm as good as they are. Right. And then you're fine. But it right. took a while to get there. She may have uh, listened to the political hacks a little too long, too, before she decided, I'm just going to be me and say what I think. A couple of numbers behind the numbers. Bernie won by, like, two points over Mayor Pete, and, and Amy Klobuchar got 20% right behind them. Absolutely laid waste to uh, Liz Warren and Joe Biden. Amy Klobuchar did. Distant fourth and fifth. Yeah. Single digits. Yeah. For not Liz, a joke. For Liz and Biden. <laughs> no, it's not, Joe. But uh, Bernie Sanders That's won. That's not for whom the bell tolls, Joe. That's my advice. Bernie Sanders won more voters under 30 than all of the other candidates combined. So that gives you an idea of his constituency. Yeah, the siren song of socialism appeals mostly to children White and fools, young. Jack. I'm sorry if that's not charitable, but it's accurate. I wouldn't call Are it. Are you against accuracy? I don't think I would call it charitable. <laughs> um, and another number behind the number I thought was interesting. Amy Kay, what you say she's got? Clomentum? Clomentum. She's making a Cloba charge. Okay. Klobuchar won 26% of voters with a college degree. That was first place for that. Oh, she she finished first among those wow, with a college really degree. Wow, that was really spread out. Sanders got 30% of those without. Sanders is backing free college. Klobuchar is not. Huh. It's the opposite of what you might expect. But Yeah. So the people that went to college are backing the person that says no free college, and the people that didn't go to college are backing the guy who says free college. Maybe they're saying I'd have gone if I could have afforded it. I don't know. Or maybe they're just like uh, Trump voters. They want to throw a grenade into the swamp. Blow it up. Try something different. Oh, and send a message to... You know what is is so under-discussed is 
a lot of Republicans were sending a message to the Republican Party. Absolutely. And a lot of persuadable voters who don't consider themselves one or the other were absolutely leveling a blast at the Republican Party in the same way that a lot of people are just trying to tell the Democratic Party, all we get from you is hollow promises, condescension, and dependence. We don't believe you. Right. Yeah. We believe Bernie is at least saying what he believes. Right. Um. Uh, oh, two two people got out. We haven't mentioned that. Andrew Yang ended his campaign and immediately you'll be missed. Immediately is being being mentioned as a guy who needs to run for mayor in New York City, and everybody's throwing that around. So maybe he's got a future in politics. I hope so. Um. Michael Bennett. Sent, oh no! What he got out? He uh, finished with. Point, Where will his voter go? <laughs> finished with point three percent in New Hampshire last night. I didn't know he was still running. Is he the guy who was watching porn with his mom? No, no, that was Hickenlooper. Michael oh, Bennett right. is the guy most likely to do voice work for cartoon animated bears. <laughs> right. Oh, right, that guy. <laughs> and he's out now. Who knew he was I'm so win? hungry for a salmon. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, okay, well. Uh, so it is winnowing the field, Joe. I'd like to announce I am <laughs> getting out. We, well, we, in we, what way were you in? We started the show talking about what I learned last night is why were we talking about this a year ago or six months ago or Oi. a month ago? Oi. A month ago, Elizabeth Warren and Biden were the hot tickets and clearly going to win. Now, they, why are they even running? So what, what's the point of this conversation? Well, and a huge uh, percentage of New Hampshireans made up their minds after the debate Friday, last yeah. Friday. Right. So why have we been looking at polls of New Hampshireans? Uh, you know, three months ago. It's just dumb. I'm embarrassed about it. Remind us of this in four years, huh? 